When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Number one for the one and only DNVR Two girls out to Zach Mays Arcade At the bar Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case Number four still waiting for Well, bring on the chase Out on the field at Mile High Broncos win is our desire Couple with Breck Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this magnificent Monday. I'm Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. We're back in Denver. And before we say hello to Mace, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Because over at MSU Denver Online, you can protect against economic downturn with an education. And you can get that education while continuing to live your life. And you can get into so many different careers over at MSU Denver. And you can build your toolbox by checking them out because in uncertain times you want to be able to make money while earning a degree and you can do that so check out our friends Omer at MSU Denver to do that my boy Mace how is it going we haven't talked to you in over a week but I did see you last week at the senior bowl yeah saw you saw you around um Looked like the shows went well. How did you guys like the uh, the rental place you guys stayed at? Oh, it was great. You're, it, uh, you're it, downtown, right? Uh, we were we were close to downtown. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We were in a nice little uh, suburb or, or uh, southern home with all the charm that that, <laughs> that has in the neighborhood. And, was man, there a uh, live oak tree out front? Oh, pretty a much. Palmetto. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. you had the Spanish moss hanging from the. From the live oak branches. Yep, exactly. Okay, and, and that's and, that's as Gulf Coast as it gets there. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. and of course we had uh, we had the mm-hmm. humidity where when it started raining a couple of those days, it literally mm-hmm. just felt like okay, mm-hmm. I'm in a shower right now. Yes, <laughs> not not a, not a hot shower, but when when we were out there on Wednesday at practice, you guys found kind of a good spot. You got on you got under the tent, yep. and I decided, well, I can get a, I got a great angle up here, and so I just. I got doused for four hours. I actually had to go back to my hotel room, which I it was about 10 minutes from the stadium, which was perfect because I had to be on the radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. So I drove back to my hotel, changed clothes, came back for the second practice. <laughs> Those got drenched too. And this is also why when you travel, always bring one more outfit than you think you're going to need. Because, that, because of that, 
I wasn't caught short <laughs> on the, having to have multiple changes of clothes on that rainy day. But hey, you, know, you, you guys saw some of the clips that I that I got. We ran them a lot of them on Wednesday, so happy to do it. Happy to be back though in Denver. Yeah, and we're happy to talk to you, and I can't wait to get all of your takes specifically about the quarterbacks we saw down there because we broke down the Senior Bowl a lot on this podcast last week, but we haven't got to talk to you. But I got to ask the most important question here, Mace, and that is, what was the best meal you had last week? Oh, I had. Um, well, it was really tough because, like, and you guys alluded to it. Everything closed at nine o'clock for right, the most part. Right. There was one place that was open till ten p.m. that I've been to before. It's called the Bluegill Restaurant, and you have to drive over Mobile Bay on the the bridge across over to Spanish Fort, and they have these oysters that are grilled in garlic and parmesan. Ah, you're killing me. Oh my god, I go there every time, and I had that, and then I had that, and then I had a. Uh, a, sh- uh, a shrimp po' boy along with it. Man, that was a great meal. That, Man, that was that my sounds, best meal. That sounds amazing. And here was the funny thing. I went there so late. It was like, I got there at like 9.20. And they had someone, they had live music. They had a, a, a singer who was, a, you know, had her, her and her guitar. I got a, I basically, I got a private, a private musical show. Wow. As a result, I was the only, because I was the only one out there. I mean, it was, I felt like, uh, I felt sorry for her because I, I was having to do some work and so I'm like, ticking on my ipad here and the song ends and i i clapped i mean like <laughs> i said and as i told her if i don't clap who will <laughs> and then i think she was waiting for me to leave because when i finished my meal it was about 10 minutes before she was supposed to be done with her set but then she's like okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go home and then so she packed so she packed up but it was a nice it was it was a nice meal. Nice night. Oh, that is very impressive. Yeah, we, we had oysters. I feel like you can't go to uh, New Orleans and Mobile without the oysters. We had oysters a couple of times. We had po' boys a couple of times. We had gumbo. Where did you so did you good. have oysters in New Orleans, Mobile, or both? We did. We um we had them definitely in New Orleans. We went okay. to Acme Oysters. Of course, yes. Um, and I can't, Probably I right off the highway, right? That one right off 10? Um, I, it was downtown, actually. Oh, okay. You yeah. went, oh, you went yeah, to the we OG. Went, nice. Exactly. Yeah, we went to, went to the OG before making our way down to uh, to New Orleans, but it, or to, to Mobile. But it was a great time. Yeah. And Mace, of course, one of the reasons I think we sent everyone out there mm-hmm. last week was because <laughs> of the quarterback position. Another year, another year of the Broncos <laughs> needing a quarterback. And this year, five of the six top quarterbacks we're in Mobile. Of course, Matt Corral sat out because of that uh, that injury, which was only a sprained ankle that he suffered in mm. the bowl game. Uh, but he wasn't there. Everyone else was. I got to say, what were your initial impressions of these five? I think it's kind of a, the impression a lot of people have, but I think Malik Willis gained the most. Okay. Agree. Um, Kenny Pickett, I'm, I'm not as down on him as a lot of people are. Okay. I think he is kind of what everybody thought he was. By all accounts, he nailed the interviews, which is something he's going to do. Uh, Pickett's probably going to win the whiteboard this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, which is huge. It's huge, and that's, that's going to matter. Uh, the concerns about hand size aren't going away, in particular because of the struggles he had in the rain and wind, particularly on Wednesday. Not a lot of, not a lot of zip on the ball. But you could say the same thing about Mac Jones the previous year. And where where was he on Sunday? He was in the Pro Bowl. You're Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah he was, was doing he the was gritty dancing. Yeah. yeah, he had all the swag in the world. That just confirmed to me that he's the truth. Yeah. So. Jim Nagy, who runs the Senior Bowl, kind of dropped the Joe Burrow comparison on Kenny Pickett. 
I think that's a that's a ceiling comparison. Okay. I th- Burrow's got a little bit more juice in his arm mm-hmm. than Kenny Pickett does, but in terms of kind of the football IQ, leadership, all that, and right and right down to having really only one st- one great season in college. I mean, Burrow started multiple years, so did Pickett, but they were both kind of guys who exploded at the end. I can see the parallels there. I can see why you would make that 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 comparison. Sam Howell had a good week. Sam Howell probably had the consi- the best deep, consistent passes. Would agree. The best deep ball. Would agree. So if you're looking vertical, he's he's a guy that you're going to take a long look at. The not just the arm talent, but the he's very accurate when he throws deep. He is. He is. And and he that's something like, like Drew Locke has struggled at. Drew Locke yeah. has a has a cannon, but he's not accurate throwing deep. Sam Howell is accurate going deep. Yeah, and you said if the a team wants to go deep, then Sam Howell could be their guy. Nathaniel Hackett made it very clear mm-hmm. he wants to take shots. He wants to throw bombs, right. as he said uh, when he was introduced about 10 days ago. And Sam Howell was very impressive in individual drills and teamwork mm-hmm. of throwing the ball deep. And that's something that we knew he could do. And I, I agree with you. I think he consistently had a very good week last week. And I want to touch on something you said about Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. before we go on a- any further. You, you said the, the potential comparison, and you're not saying that necessarily. That's but, a Jim Nagy but, Jim Nagy said it, and you kind of pointed out some things of what what makes them similar. Do you think the eye test, especially watching him in person last week, gave that Joe Burrow comparison to you? Gave that comparison pre-snap, not post-snap. Okay. I think in terms of in in terms of in the huddle, in terms of kind of directing directing people, kind of comfort and command. Thought he had that. Okay, but I, I like that. The gap between Joe Burrow and Kenny Pickett is arm talent. Yeah, yeah, and to to me, when I watched Joe Burrow at LSU, he did look special. He did mm-hmm. look like he had the tools. When I watched Kenny Pickett as a a passer, and once mm-hmm. the ball was snapped, mm-hmm. boy, I was underwhelmed. I, I was underwhelmed. And Mace, I would say, entering the mm-hmm. last week, entering the Senior Bowl, Kenny Pickett probably had the highest stock of any of these five quarterbacks. I guess we can say we can throw Zappy in there and say six. Uh, he probably had the highest. Zappy did not look like he belonged. He did not, and that's kind of why we just boiled <laughs> yeah. it down last week to five quarterbacks. Uh, there was someone on Twitter that was telling me they thought Z- Billy Zappy was the best QB in this class, uh, and I'm just like, Ugh, yeah, uh, no, 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 he he, he wasn't. And he so- looks like a, he looks like. Early to, he looks like early day three. Yeah. Round four, round five. And the only way the Broncos should pick him is if they draft a quarterback in the first round, and then he's their Kirk Cousins ah. kind of thing. He is not the answer for the Broncos. Uh, but uh, g- entering last week, Kenny Pickett had the highest stock, in my opinion. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes. How did his stock w- – was he trending up, trending down, or did he stay put after last week? Let's go through all these quarterbacks, and, let, and let's start mm-hmm. with Kenny. I th- I don't I think he was steady on, okay. on balance. Okay. Because you're factoring in the stuff that we didn't see. Sure. You're factor you're factoring in uh the 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 nibbles and nuggets we're getting about the interview process. Okay. And that and that's why I kind of said he's as advertised because this is not somebody who has a cannon. This is a guy who's going to throw you're you're going to rely on him to throw receivers open. You're going to rely on him to be precise. You're going to rely on him to have a high command of the, of the scheme. And all of those things he did well at. And it sh- and I think, I don't put too much on the game, but right. I think it's notable that he had the best game. Mm-hmm. And again, 
sometimes the game can reveal a lot. Justin Herbert did well in the game. Josh Allen did reasonably well in the game. Davis Webb had a great senior bowl game, and he petered out. Kyle Aletta had a great senior bowl game, and he basically was nothing. Yep. So I caution everybody before kind of putting too much on the game, but it was interesting that in the moment where you took everything, put it together, he did do the best of those quarterbacks. And he did, and, and of course, probably it helped him out that he had a, 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 a cool, sunny day, a day where it was favorable toward, throw, to, mm-hmm. toward throwing the football. But it, it's, inter- it's kind of interesting to kind of look at the arc of his week and his best day was, it was at the end. Mm-hmm. Not the beginning, which which is one of the things you look at with quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl. You look to see kind of how they go step by step, day to day. Like Malik Willis impressed me because he got better working under center, got got appreciably yeah. more comfortable under center. And so, if you're going to ask him to run the kind of offense the Broncos run, I think he's going to be able to to do fine. Like the, probably his best, his most precise pass was uh, on a play fake boot action. Mm-hmm. So. Going to his left, it was. Yep. So yep. a right, a right-handed Touchdown quarterback pass. going to his left with absolute perfect placement on the ball. Yes, the target was open, but that was that would have been a catch if there was tight coverage. Yep. Because Absolutely. the ball was just in the in the exact spot it needed to be in. So you're encouraged by that, and I'm encouraged. And I'm encouraged by Kenny Pickett the fact that he did that he was better on Thursday, much better on Thursday than he was on Wednesday. He was better on Saturday than he was on Thursday. So I don't think Kenny Pickett went down this week. Well, I, I like that you're bringing that uh, that mindset because Kenny Pickett, to me, did underwhelm me personally on the field. Uh, so he's trending down in my book. And you talked about Malik Willis. I think he's the guy. Yes, absolutely. He, he is trending up probably more than anyone in the Senior Bowl. He came in with, man, he had the upside. Mm-hmm. He had the potential. But we know all the inconsistent play that he had when he was at Liberty. He flashed like no other, but then he was also just so inconsistent. One of the things that impressed me the most was how consistent he was last week, which is a huge nod for him shooting upward. And then on top of that, he also he really showed that he can be a pocket passer first and then he can do things with his feet. I mean, we saw it in the Senior Bowl game itself on Saturday when he had like that 40-yard scramble. Mm. That was that was so impressive, but it started as a pass, and mm. he looked through the pocket, looked through his reads, and then took off. That's one thing I really liked about Malik Willis was that. So to me, he is absolutely trending up. He already has that natural understanding that the way to succeed in the NFL is in the pocket. Yep. And that if you have that... And Sam Howell, another quarterback who did a lot on the ground this past year, out of necessity, he's the same way. He's got he knows he has to win from the pocket. Yep. So with those two guys, I feel very encouraged about the mindset that they're going to take. That they're going to take. That they're going to go through their progressions and then run. Yep. Yep. And that makes them viable long term if they blossom. Yep. I agree. And now Sam Howell, your guy, Mace, Mr. North Carolina, you identified him a long time ago. And just to reset, about a year ago from now, he was viewed as the consensus number mm-hmm. one overall pick for this draft. He had a tough senior year last year. Now, the, it, of course, all wasn't his fault. He lost a lot of players on offense, but his stock definitely fell. I mean, yeah. he, he is nowhere, not viewed nearly as a, the consensus number one overall pick. He's kind of viewed going into the senior bowl. He was kind of viewed as maybe like 18 to 25, somewhere around there being picked in the draft. Did his stock stay the same, increase, decrease? Slightly up. 
Okay. I think uh, the right spot for him now, if you want to get him, you can probably get him at the same spot you got Mac Jones at last year. Okay, so 15. Yeah, and that and it's interesting because both of them, I think, that's a good spot for both Mac Jones and Sam Howell, even though they get there in completely different ways. Right, very very different ways. And Mace, I agree about trending up. I would say it was more than slight. I, I think he significantly trended up because of that consistency. He gave me flashes of why people were so high on him one year ago. If Nathaniel Hackett wants a wide zone offense with play fake boot action that takes vertical shots, it's very easy to picture Sam Howell running that and running it well. Yep, yep. And we were high on Sam Howell. I was right. high on Sam Howell last week. But after taking a step back, I think he's the guy where after getting a couple of days away from it, he's the guy that raised even more in mm-hmm. my book. I think still think Malik Willis won the week last week, but I think Sam Howell was a very close number two. Mm-hmm. All right, there's still a couple more quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter Mace trending down. down. Trending even though he was named the offensive player uh of the game. Yeah, but too much inaccuracy throughout the week. I and by the way, yeah. I completely agree. I'm just throwing yeah. that out there. He I was, like that. Yeah, I, pre, I, I it's it's worth noting. Again, kind of the same thing with Kenny Pickett. He put put everything together, did well. But really, really but, quick. But Kenny Pickett was much more accurate over the course of the week than Desmond Ritter was. W- without a doubt, yeah. De- Desmond Ritter to me trending down. And Mace, really quick, when did you leave the Senior Bowl? Um, I've, very early Friday morning. So you weren't there for the game. No. And here's a little insight into the Senior Bowl, which is so funny. Media, scouts, pretty much everyone is there for all the practices, mm-hmm. and then no one stays for the game. That just shows you that the value is not in the game. So mm-hmm. if you want to get the most out of this, it's listening yeah. to our pods from practice last week. Uh, and, and right now, it's not going and looking at the box score of the Senior Bowl game because that has probably the least amount of significance. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Like the, I remember... The first time I went to the Senior Bowl, I got a credential and stayed for the game, and then I realized that no one, no one was there. And so yeah. the only time I've stayed for the game, uh, tw- I've done it twice, once in 08, and then stayed for the game when the Broncos were coaching, which, of course, right. led to all the jokes yeah. that, gosh, Vance Joseph gets blown out in an all-star <laughs> game, too. <laughs> With the better quarterbacks. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. That that was the game that Kyle Lauletta playing for uh, – uh, the, the team coached by, I believe, I believe Houston was coaching the other team in that game. Kyle Naletta was the MVP. And again, oh boy. Yeah, I, you know, hey, the, the Senior Bowl MVPs include, you know, Justin Herbert, and they also include Kyle Naletta, Davis Webb, and we'll see where Desmond Ritter ends up. We will. And there was one more big name there, maybe the biggest wild card of this mm-hmm. class, and that is Carson Strong. Mace mm-hmm. trending up, trending down, or staying put? I think he trended down in okay. the course of the week. Um, I did like the fact that he could that he showed that he could move uh, from under center. He he worked without a brace. Yeah. The arm, you know what? The he didn't have he didn't flash the arm in the way others did. Like looking at what he was doing deep, looking at how much velocity he consistently had. I mean, he didn't he didn't have he didn't show the same arm that we saw in film at Nevada. It was kind of curious mm-hmm. what went on. Now he says he's healthy. I'm actually going to have a, a piece on him coming up here early early this week cuz I had a chance to talk to him on on Wednesday last week at uh, the media day event that they had. Um but I can't see Carson Strong going before the end of mid to end of round 2. Mm. I th- and definitely it's a value play. The other thing is 
all the other quarterbacks bring some degree of mobility. Like, take Sam Howell, for example. He can and will, if nothing is there, he can, he can take off and get you 10 or 15 yards like that, right? Yep. And because of that, every defense is going to have to account for that threat when they go against him. So does that mean that maybe, you're, maybe you've got a safety who can't rotate over and help on a, on a, when a receiver's going deep on a, on a, on a sluggo route? When, and that means it's going to be easier for Howell to have a chance to complete, it, uh, complete one of those deep balls. So he's going to see coverages that are more favorable to him because the defense has to account for the fact that he will move the chains with his legs. Whereas, and, and Kenny Pickett as well. And Malik Willis, it's obvious, because uh, as we saw in the game. But Carson Strong does not have that tool in his drawer. Yep. There was a play on Thursday where it was in the red zone, I believe, and everyone was covered, and he just went like four yards and he kind of slid. Mm-hmm. And that... You, and that is going to ensure, that, that kind of play ensures that nobody has to account for him running the ball. So he's going to see tougher coverages than Howell and Willis and Pickett will see because they can do things with their legs. Yeah. And that's especially early on. I think that puts Carson Strong well behind these other quarterbacks. And you know me, Mace. I don't have to have someone that can run the ball, someone that has an electric arm. But if you don't have those, you got to have a brilliant mind back there. And I didn't see that from Carson mm-hmm. Strong this past week. And that's what separates him from Mac Jones is I didn't mm-hmm. see him picking defenses apart. Him going yeah. through, you know, four reads before mm-hmm. finding the right guy uh, or running for, for three yards or something like that. We and- saw those other guys going through progressions in a way. Way that Carson Strong wasn't exactly exactly so. any, any thoughts on uh, Zappy I think you already got him out oh. I just want to make sure I give him uh, a fair shake I was going back through some of the through all the video that I shot last week man I mean he was missing short on on <laughs> on 10 yard drag routes <laughs> yeah oh I just he has to be supremely accurate short to intermediate to have a viable future as an NFL quarterback. Yep. And there were and, and I watched him and I watched him went back and rewatched some of his deep balls. There was one that he completed in one on one, but that thing just floated and died. And yeah, I, I I don't think I think I think Bailey Zappi's future is as capable backup Bailey Zappi. Yep, I think you're right. It's pretty clear that Bailey Zappi will not be drafted by the Broncos with the number nine overall pick. But Mace, I want to get your take on if any of these guys have done enough to be considered for that ninth overall pick. But first, I got to tell you about the number one place to watch the Super Bowl, and that is right here at the DNVR Bar. We're going to have the biggest and best Super Bowl party here. We're going to have DraftKings here giving out some awesome prizes. We're going to have so many things going on. This is the place you want to be. And, of course, when you're here, you can grab a Breckenridge Brew. Ask for the member size beer because if you're a member with us, you get that 22-ounce beer for the price of a 16-ounce beer, and you can have pretty much much any Breckenridge beer on tap because we have it all. So make sure to come down here, check us out, and to get that member size beer, make sure you're part part of our family. Go to thednvr.com and join our family. Also, check out our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. You can call Virginia Chevalier directly at 303-257-6578. 
or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind and with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. And with prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. So if you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make this bubble work for you. And that's where that's where our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage can come in. If you're in the buyer's market, Chevalier Mortgage knows how stressful trying to buy a house right now can be. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what we're dealing with. The market is crazy here in Colorado. So let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They will alleviate so much worry off your plate. And they have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. That's dnvrmortgage.com. And enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's that's dnvrmortgage.com. So remember, dnvrmortgage.com. Get a fr- enter to win a free T-shirt or hat when you do, and get a free consultation to find out all of your options. Call Virginia directly 303-257-6578. And don't forget, Michael Chevalier, NMLS number one nine three one zero zero six. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number one nine one zero six. And if you're at the DNVR bar, get a Breck beer. But if you're not able to make it to the DNVR bar, even if you're out of the state, make sure to check out Breck Brews Breck Beer Locator to find some beer for the big game on Sunday. And really, you can't go wrong with any beer. Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter Jr., anything will be delicious for the big game. So make sure to check out our favorite beer, Breckenridge Brewery. And one more thing really quick. Make sure to give us a like if you're tuning in on YouTube. We would really appreciate it. Subscribe. Turn on alerts so you know when we're going live. You guys know how it is in the offseason. Anytime there's breaking news, we're going to have an emergency pod. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on that, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you turn on alerts. And also, for the people tuning in live, this is a podcast too. We do this five days a week. Sometimes we're not able to go live, but we always have a pod for you. Just like last week, we were able to go live uh, a couple of times last week, but you know, one of the times it was at like 1 a.m. We were recording another one at 10 p.m., so we weren't able to go live, but we did drop a podcast. And you can find our podcast anywhere that you uh, that you find podcasts. Just search for Broncos. We'll be the first one that pops up. Just look for DNVR Broncos. And if you are tuning in live. Hit us in the chats and say hello. BK, I see that comment. Really appreciate you, my friend. And so, Mace, I've got to ask you the question. Have any of these guys done enough to deserve being considered by the Broncos at number nine? Willis, Pickett, and Howell should all be considered at number nine. Woo! That is juicy. That's a lot of guys. Plus Corral. Even though he wasn't there. So four potential options at number nine. Four potential options. Now, that being said, I think you're going to evaluate the landscape. Like I would say with Sam Howell, for example, the right spot for him is probably 15. Okay. So can, can you move down and get Sam Howell and get extra draft capital that will allow you to maybe get O? An edge rusher, perhaps, and all this, of course, if you don't trade for Aaron Rodgers. Sure, sure. Put that out there. This is this is Plan B. Plan A is for AA Ron. Plan B is the draft. You think Plan B is the draft? And let's put Russell Wilson in Plan A as well. Plan yeah. Plan A is elite veteran. I think Plan B is the draft. Maybe partner with a Garoppolo. 
Okay, let's put let's put Garoppolo and those people aside. Let's just say the Broncos get to the draft, and this is pretty much their quarterback mm-hmm. room that they have right now. It's it's Drew Locke, yeah, and maybe Teddy Bridgewater on some sort of deal. But no, still... I doubt that happens. Okay, okay, so yeah. so the, the Broncos don't do anything <laughs> yeah. heading in into the draft. Mm-hmm. Let's say that's the approach they take. So your ideal situation to get Sam Howell trade back from nine to fifteen. What are you picking up? A second. Second, maybe another, maybe another third, and may, like let's say you can get it. Let's say you can get a second round pick, and you're sitting on three round two picks. Yep. Then I'm thinking, okay, two of those round two picks, they're going to get me back into round one. Okay. And I'm getting an edge there at the end of round one. Okay. Okay. So Sam Howell, fifteen for you is is ideal. Yeah. What about Malik Willis? Uh, if you want Malik Willis, you're gonna have to go higher. Mm, you're going to have to trade up. Yes. That is so important, and I'm really happy to hear you say that, Mace, because one thing I just kept saying last week was you're not going to be able to wait till 9 to get the number one quarterback in this class, even though all of the mock drafts last week and the week before were saying, oh, look, the number one quarterback is going to fall to the Broncos at 9. No, Mm -hmm. no. And we've already seen all of the hype start to go with these quarterbacks, specifically with Malik Willis. If you want him, you are going to have to trade up. You're not going to be able to stay put. So my question to you is, Mace, for Malik Willis, how far do you have to go? Well, Detroit's kind of the wild card in there at number two. Mm-hmm. Because the and this is where it's interesting. They do have the intel that no one else does. Yep, because they coached him. They did. And now we saw the Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos screwed up their intel on Josh uh, Allen in 2018. Did. But then back in 04, the late Marty Schottenheimer and the Chargers coached Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. And even though they had Drew Brees, they said let's go get Philip Rivers. And you know, you I don't know that Drew Brees would have become Drew Brees in sure. San in San Diego, the degree where he became a Hall of Famer. But Philip Rivers, you certainly can't argue with the wisdom of that pick. Mm-hmm. That worked out pretty well for them. Yep. So if Detroit sees the same thing in Malik Willis, first of all, they're not moving from two. So if you really want Malik Willis, <laughs> you might have to jump Detroit. Mm-hmm. And that might and, and look. And I think that's probably a bridge too far in terms of value. I'd be okay moving up to like five or six for Willis. Okay. I think two is where you say, okay, let's measure his value compared with Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Sam Sam Howell. And we're talking from nine to five. You may be able to do that without having to give up a future first. You may, but you may. you're going to blow up your set. Probably you're blowing up day two. Yep. Because I would. I think it probably will cost you a one in 2023 to move up. I think so too. Realistically, you're hoping that you could do it for say three twos and a three. Yeah. But it's more. It's more likely it would. You'd have to do a one. Yeah, kind of reminds you of you. You would get the choice. Do you want to give all your third, all your second round picks, and maybe a third round pick, kind of like the Indianapolis Colts did mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to wait? No, it was the, the Jets, Jets to the Colts traded with for the Colts Howell. traded uh, one second Darnold, round the other, pick the other for same. every pick they yeah. moved up. Ended yeah. up to, uh, giving three second round picks to move up three spots. Broncos could be in a similar situation, moving from nine to five, or it probably mm-hmm. would be a first round pick. So my question to you then, Mace, is. Would you do that? Would you do, you know, three seconds and a third or uh, an additional first next year to go from nine to five to get Malik Willis? I know this is a cop-out, but if Nathaniel Hackett decides Malik Willis is the guy, yes. Man, that is such a cop-out. Because... It is, but no, it, look, <laughs> if they believe 
in one of these guys. If whether it's Kenny, look, you can you can probably like Kenny Pickett's mind, and you can and you you can love Kenny Pickett's mind, what he does at the whiteboard, the leadership. You can love Sam Howell's leadership, his grit, and again that deep that deep ball is a thing of beauty that he throws. It's breath it's it's breathtaking. You can love that. You can love Matt Corral's upside. You can love the fact that Malik Willis, as raw as he is, he is he does have elite traits. He has an he has a potentially elite arm, and he can move. And he there there's a potential for Malik Willis in year one to be a when the year one whenever he starts maybe not this year but next right, year right. to be a three thousand one thousand guy mm. as in three thousand yards passing one thousand rushing. Mm. And Ryan, what he said about that, mm-hmm. uh, you're saying elite traits. Yeah. Ryan was saying he sees special in him. In mm-hmm. him, I think those two things go together. I think that's the same. We're on the same wavelength here. So I feel like, and and I totally agree with you. If Nathaniel Hackett identifies any of these guys, I don't care who it is. If it's Zappy, trade up for him. <laughs> but obviously, it's not going to be Zappy. But you could if get you, Zappy at the end, of like the last pick of round three with the <laughs> the Von Miller pick in, in round three that you got. Exactly. Yeah. But I I completely agree. If they identify a quarterback they love, you do anything to get him. You move heaven and earth. You trade first round picks. You trade uh, all the second round picks. Anything. Mm-hmm. But from your evaluation, do you think it's worth it to make that move? I'd go to five. I wouldn't go any higher than that. Fair. So you would do an additional one or like three seconds and a third. Yeah, I would. Okay. Okay. I love that. I love that, Mace. I think Ryan, from what he said last week, would also do that. I'm, I don't see special in Malik Willis yet. So I personally would not do that. But I love that. I love that. And we we see already how high these guys are going to go. The QB premium premium is real. It is. It is. And that's yep. part of it. If you're evaluating every player, every position, and viewing all of the positions equally, no, he's not the fifth best player in this draft. Right. But you have to assume... In this environment, this court, this environment where if you don't have a quarterback, you are moving heaven and earth to get one. You have to assume you're going to pay more than perhaps the value of the passer, and you're all you're also thinking about your competition. Like one thing that was widely reported was uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers being very keen on Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin was down there, yeah. in Mobile last week, yeah, and. Where are they picking? Um, what are they picking? Like seven? Are they picking like seventeenth? I think. They're gonna have to make a pretty big jump. Oh, no, the, no, they're picking because they made the playoffs. They'd be picking nineteenth. Uh, yep, nineteenth. Yep. That'd be a pretty big jump. But as you said, if you identify him as your guy, you you move heaven and earth. And and Mace, and in all honesty, trading an additional first round pick or three seconds and a third, that's not that that's a big investment. But that's not mortgaging your entire future on this right. guy. And the other thing, you, ha- you have to think about this. Do you expect to be picking this high again? Right. You have to assume, unless you have decided to write off this year, when I, and I do not believe that you'll see that for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is the fact that you're going to have a new owner coming in. You have to think. You have to go in thinking, "All right, we're picking in the top ten this year. We're not picking in the top ten again." And so, when that comes into play, you have to say, "All right, 
is this our best shot at a quarterback if mm-hmm. we're going to go young? Again, this is all plan B, right? Of course. Is this our best shot? I mean, do we realist like next year, do we really realistically have a shot at moving up to get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud? Right. Probably not because the top two teams are in the draft are probably going to be there because they're quarterback deficient. Right. So unless you are willing to basically punt this year and throw it away, you have to assume you're not going to be in position to get one of those top two quarterbacks next year. Right. It, it's fair. And what you don't want to do is be the Chicago Bears who made this move, gave up an additional first round mm-hmm. pick this year to move up to get Justin Fields at 10. And then now they're sitting with the seventh overall pick. Now, why it kind of worked for them this year as opposed to doing that exact same thing this for next year is this year, Justin Fields would probably be the number one quarterback in this draft class. So it mm-hmm. doesn't hurt them as much. But if you were to give up an additional first-round pick and let's say you do really struggle next year and then you're sitting with the top five pick in next year's draft and you don't have that pick – man, that's really going to hurt. But I love this conversation, Mason. The last Mm. guy we got to get to is Kenny Pickett. Where would you draft him? Because you're higher on him than I am. Uh, Right there at nine. Right there at nine. Right there at nine. And so if he's there, plan A doesn't work out, and he's sitting on the board, Malik Willis is gone. He goes at Mm. four, so it ruins your plans to trade up. You're taking him? I'm taking him, and I'm leaning on the – Nathaniel Hackett uh, quote when he asked about the attributes he prizes most in quarterback. He didn't talk about arm talent. Nope. Talked about intelligence and toughness. Yep. Um, Kenny Pickett's really smart. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And toughness isn't a question with him. And I, again, I mean, are you? Do you wish he had a little bit more in his drawer? Yes. But it's enough of an arm. Like it, it's. I know people are like, oh, it's Teddy Bridgewater 2.0. I think he's got, I think he has a better, he has a better arm coming out than Bridgewater did. It's just not a hose. It's not a cannon. <laughs> it's a pro, it's a pro arm. It's a solid pro arm. Mm-hmm. So he's going to, he's going to rely on precision. He's going to rely on throwing his receivers open. Something that we could even, we even saw, we even saw as the, as the week progressed, but is very evident on his film from Pitt. And, I think I, I think I'd be okay with him working hand in hand with Nathaniel Hackett as as the ninth pick and the two of them sinking or swimming together. Because if you do pick a quarterback, then that is going to be the defining selection of the Hackett Payton era. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean So you gotta be sure. And that so you got you gotta be sure on this. But you ha- but you do have to take a shot, I yeah, think. If yeah. you you're 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 in the top ten. And you don't expect to be in the top 10 in the future. You need to take a shot. George Payton said hiring Nathaniel Hackett is his biggest decision he'll make in his career. Uh, The the second biggest decision is going to come just a couple months later if he doesn't land Aaron Rodgers. It's going to come in. What quarterback does he take? Does he take Mm. a quarterback? By the way, I'm looking at uh, a mock draft that ESPN has up from Jordan Reed today. They have Malik Willis going six to Carolina. Boom. All right. That's a that's going to be a hot spot for him. So Denver in position for QB two in this mock, they have him taking Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah. Mm. And I like Lloyd a lot. And the reason why I like him is because he can cover. Jeez, He's I a, hope that's considering the Broncos get a quarterback before yeah. the draft because right. But no, it, it, here's the thing though. Like if 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 they're picking nine, they didn't get a quarterback who's viable long term. Okay, 
If they're picking nine and they trade for a quarterback, it means they traded for Garoppolo, who I think we can all agree is not a long-term answer. Jimmy G is about to go on a hopscotching career that sees him going from place to place as a bridge to the next guy, the next to the next quarterback. Kind of an upgraded Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, he's a. Uh, He's Steve DeBerg for the 21st century. <laughs> yep. He's going to get paid a lot of cash, too. Yeah, and if he, play, yeah, he plays his cards right, he's going to be very wealthy doing that. He's going to have a, a wonderful life. But in this mock, with the Broncos passing on a quarterback, Kenny Pickett goes 11 to Washington. Okay. Matt Corral, 18 to New Orleans. Okay. Sam Howell, 20 to North Carolina. Desmond Ritter, 47 to Indianapolis. And this mock from Jordan Reed on ESPN has Carson Strong at pick pick 64 to the Broncos. Oh, wow. To the Broncos. Yeah. You're going to lean on the film more than the senior bowl because the arm talent was there on the film more than it was last week. You're going to hope that knee is right. But, boy, Zach, I just – I hate the the second-round flyer. I do too. I don't want to see that. Just just get one of the guys at the top. I I completely agree with that. I don't want to see the Carson Strong with the Jimmy G. That's almost a nightmare because it keeps you competitive enough to keep you away from the really good quarterbacks at the top of the class. And then you go with Carson Strong in 2023. Let's let's hey, let's see where he goes. Oh, but he was injured for six games, so we need Mm. to see him with the full season. So let's just go with him in 2024 as well. And then he kind of teeters along, and you're not really sure, but he does good enough to make you six and six and what eleven, seven and ten. You keep ingesting then, the hopium. Oh my gosh, it's the worst place to be. Because it's right where you that. are right now. Don't give me that. So yes, I'm right there with you, Mason. Man, I love this conversation. It's only going to get more intense and some news coming down the wire right now non-broncos news but lovey smith being officially hired as the texans head coach what a weird journey it's been for the texans but they get their guy yeah and he was right there in their building all along he was he was this yeah this this does not usually lend itself to being a functional hire um i'm having some bad tampa bay flashbacks uh when they had they had one offseason, 1991, where they literally kicked the tires on um, briefly on Bill Parcells, kicked the tires on Bill Walsh. I mean, you're talking about big names. And uh, then said, uh, you know what, uh, we're just going to promote Richard Williamson, who was our interim coach and our receivers coach to full-time. And mm-hmm. then he lasted a year. I, I fear, and, and it, the, the Texans are such a dysfunctional franchise. I feel like this is going to be another one-year thing. They, if yeah. this was their end game, they should have kept David Culley, who, given yeah. a, the yeah. lack of talent yeah. Yeah. on that team, did a pretty capable job. I thought with that Texans, without team a doubt, it, especially down yeah. the stretch. The the two things that I like from this weekend around yeah. the coaching search, you had a little more diversity. Finally, thankfully, with Lovey Smith getting this job, Mike McDaniel uh, is is also getting that job in Miami. Mm-hmm. He identifies as biracial, so you like to see some diversity because mm-hmm. the NFL drastically needs it. Yeah, and uh, one thing we I'll say for Lovey, first of all, he'll put together a good defense if he's in charge. If you give give him give him enough time, he'll get the defense right. Second of all, he has, I believe, to be the greatest beard of any NFL head coach 
in the history of the game. You're not going to get any disagreement from me. Oh my goodness. He started cultivating that thing uh, when he was down down the stretch at Illinois. Yep. I mean, that is it, it is long, it is it is snow white, it is full on Santa Claus. Yeah. It is incredible. It is. You don't you don't have a beard. You cultivate that. Lovey <laughs> cultivates it. We'll see if he can cultivate something in uh, Texas can, as good as his beard. If he can cultivate the team like he cultivates the beard, he's going to be successful there against all odds because there are thi- there as we've discussed, so many things in that organization working against him. He is a good pro coach who's been in a Super Bowl who I think will be hard pressed to uh have much success, but it's not because he's not good enough. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. And to wrap up this conversation, right now, I'm not sold to drafting any of these quarterbacks at number nine, but I love your perspective, and I certainly can be convinced, just like the rest of draft world that is already being convinced. And may something that is incredible, speaking of uh, incredible things, all of the things you can do over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They have so many Super Bowl props, and you can do so many same-game parlays for the Super Bowl. It is fantastic, and you can get in on all of these by downloading the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and using the promo code DNVR when you sign up. And if you bet $5 for new customers on the Super Bowl and your team wins... You get $280 in free bets. That's 56 to 1 odds, and they're giving you 56 to 1 odds to celebrate Super Bowl 56 coming up this week. So all you have to do is go to the App Store, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get that 56 to 1 odds. Just place $5 on a bet of either team to win, and when they win, you get $280 in free bets on top of all of the awesome uh, props you can bet on. So head to the App Store now and download that and use the code DNVR. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And Mace, before we go any further, got to get your DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week this week. I've got two dialed up for you, two value plays on the Super Bowl, and I'm going to throw them both your way. The first one, not as long of odds, both teams to score 25 points and Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford to have 250-plus passing yards each. If that happens, you get plus 450 I'm just hoping for a fun, good game. I don't really care which team wins, so I'm hoping for a fun, exciting game. And man, would that give us a fun and exciting game. And speaking of fun and exciting, something for Broncos fans that they would love, they'd love seeing Von Miller get Super Bowl MVP just six years ago from today. Von Miller was crowned Super Bowl MVP. Wouldn't it be something if in six days from now he gets it a second time? If you bet on him to win Super Bowl MVP, you get plus 4,500 odds. I love sprinkling a little bit on both of those. Oh, gosh. You're going to be one of those people who's just got multiple bets going during the oh, game. Oh, absolutely. Huh? Yeah. Um, I can't say I'm going to have multiple bets going during the game. Um, And honestly, like, on first glance, there weren't a lot that I I really liked here. Um, you going with uh, over under something something simple, something easy? Yeah. Um, you know what? I think I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a uh, touchdown bet. Mm, I like that. All right. Who are we looking at? Gonna look at. Uh, 
Going to look at Sony Michelle, 12 to 5 to score one touchdown in the Super Bowl. Okay. So the Rams get it done on the ground. Yeah, they get a ground touchdown at some point. He gets it. Okay. I like it. I yeah. like it. I uh, And that would help me with my 25 plus points scored for each team. By the way, Cooper Cup is 10 to 19 to score a touchdown. Wow. Just shows you how freaking good he is. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. And the third thing that's incredible is our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee, where they have delicious coffee that is CBD infused. And of course, CBD helps relieve aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on. It helps relieve that. Some people even say it gets rid of the coffee jitters. So if you want to start your day off with that caffeine jolt, but don't want the jitters, try our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee and use the code DNVR25 over at StravaCraftCoffee.com to get 25% off your first order. And after you use that code, Subscribe to Strava and you'll save 20% off every single order after that. So check them out over at StravaCraftCoffee.com and smash that code DNVR25. Mace, we got to talk to the people. It's been a couple of days and let's start off with our super chats. The first one coming in from our friend Ian B. We appreciate the support as always, Ian B. He says, Pickett is the best at throwing into coverage among all of the seniors, essentially, which is essential in the NFL. That's where Burrow excels. Easy to show the arm of when guys are wide open. NFL defenses are so unrelenting. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing of throwing a guy open and uh, and being able to squeeze it in. He, Of the passers there, what is clear is even though he doesn't have the, the raw arm strength, He's the most precise. And what is more important, precision or the cannon? Precision is probably is what you need more often than not. I would agree. You yep. can get you can get by with that. Exactly. Accuracy is more important. Now let's jump into the comments section. And for those who don't know where to leave their comments, to get your comments right on the pod, go to thednvr.com. At the top of the page is a podcast tab. Click on that. Choose Broncos podcast. And all of our podcasts we've ever have will pop up. And then click on the first one there. That's our most recent pod. Scroll to the bottom and a comment section will magically appear if you are part of our family as a member. And then you can leave a comment and we'll read it on the next day's pod. So Mace, let's jump into the people that have done so so far first one coming in from bronco in sf says i wasn't expecting to fall in love with malik but i think it's happening his legs and arm are electric if hackett and peyton think they can get his feet processing and other polishing to where it needs to be i'm in i can't believe i'm saying it but draft him at nine. Obviously, is that there is a world where we don't get Rodgers or Wilson. Yeah, but like we were saying, he's not going to be there at nine. Mm, yep, I think it's already yeah. happened. The rise is already happening. Yep, and uh, te- teams are going to love those tools. Yep. And they're going to believe that they can coach him up. The, the mock draft that we cited from ESPN earlier, going to Carolina might be kind of a worst-case scenario. Because if they struggle again, yeah. they're firing everybody. <laughs> yeah. And actually, that's another thing. If you believe in one of these quarterbacks, you have a first-year head coach. Right. So presumably he's going to get some time unless the year is a complete disaster. But I doubt, but doubt it will. I mean, look, they're coming off of five straight losing seasons. If the Broncos go 4-13 and this year and they're developing a quarterback, you're still not firing the coach. Right, right. Unless, exactly. the, unless the owner is you know, at $11 billion or whatever net worth says, oh, well, we just got to make a change. Right. But you're unlikely to fire a coach with a losing season, even a really bad one. I agree. Because of what you've dealt with the last few years. They're, what I'm saying is they're, they're, it's possible there could be, maybe not a little, they're not tearing down, but a little retooling. 
yeah. this year. And that that's okay. Look at what they're doing with the coaching staff, mm-hmm. which we'll get into more later this mm-hmm. week. They're going young on the coaching staff. They're going inexperienced on the coaching staff. They're so, hiring a teacher for the teachers. Yeah. So, as Hackett told Peter King last week. So you might as well just go all in uh, uh, on the youth and, and accept that this year could be tough and uh, you're all going to build off mm-hmm. it next year young minds fresh ideas exactly howler bro surf says great work all week boys thanks for the great content and evaluation throughout the week it's so nice to be able to watch a super bowl and not really care about the outcome andre it was great to hear you on the pod all week but don't understand the hate for la the rams made the right call there la better this better than st louis all day every day but go Bengals, go rams go vaughn i'm just enjoying a brady list and patrick slash jackson mahomes freeze Super Bowl. That's kind of that's kind of how I feel with this. Is mm-hmm. uh, I may eventually start cheering for one team, but if any team, if either of these teams win, I'm okay with it. Oh, go Bengals! Yeah, <laughs> it's no offense to Vaughn, but look, I, I've I've got a long list of grievances with how uh, the Rams went out of St. Louis and how they lied to the city for years. Okay, before this ownership did, before they moved to to Los Angeles. Yeah, Vaughn's a Ram. That's well and good. I hope the Rams lose by 50. Oh, there we go. <laughs> now, I think I think you're right uh, in terms of the ownership situation, but you can probably find, you know, things wrong with management and owners and or things that you don't like yeah. at least in a lot of these franchises. For me, if you're cheering for the Rams, you're cheering for Vaughn. You're cheering for Cooper Cup. You're cheering for Matthew Stafford to finally get one. You're cheering for Sean McVay. It, it, you're not cheering for La- Kroenke. Los Angeles doesn't need another title. No, not Los Angeles, Cinc- but it's, it's Cinc- these guys. Cincinnati as a city <laughs> has won nothing since the 1990 Reds. The it's Bengals true. have been incompetent for long stretches, and then even when they were competent, they couldn't win a playoff game. Yeah. The Cincinnati sports fan has been through so much over the decades that I damn right I want to see, see Cincinnati win this game. I love it. I love it. And I love this because Mace, yeah. in 30 seconds, I'm being convinced to cheer for the Rams just so we have a little back and forth here. Oh. You know what? Go Von Miller. Go ruin Joe Burrow's life. Ugh. Go number four. The truth Get is, the Rams are probably going to win this game. <laughs> All right. Because I don't think, because against that front seven, yep. I don't think the Bengals can protect Joe Burrow. Yep. I agree. And we saw it nearly, it should have cost them the game in Tennessee. Yep. But, Nine sacks. But Ryan, but Ryan Tannehill. What are you doing, man? Ryan Tannehill's it up. Yeah. So, <laughs> although he, 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 the receivers in Tennessee were culpable as well. And then Tennessee was kind of the, you know, they'll, they'll ask what if until the end of time. Yep. And by the will. way, Nashville's another town that's never won anything in pro sports. Yep. So I would have been, if the Titans had made the Super Bowl, I would have been, I would have been rooting for them. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Oh, another super chat. Let's hit it right now from Dylan Smith says, also, Mace, to your point, the Rams bought a lot to win. <laughs> to win. Odell, Vaughn, and Stafford to win in true L.A. fashion. Go Bengals. However, hope Vaughn does good. See, I don't mind that. I don't mind that they bought their way to it. And the thing that I like about it, actually, is that it's working. It's working for, yeah. If they get a championship, it's all worth it. Yep. But at the same time, they have to brace themselves for what happens down the line if this lack of draft picks ends up costing them. Now, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll give an example that actually supports what the Rams are doing. And it actually it curiously connects to the Rams here. In the 1970s, George Allen went from the Rams to Washington. 
and he proclaimed in Washington, the future is now. Tr- made trades for a bunch of veteran players, including guys who played for him with the Rams. And literally by the time the by the time Washington, I almost said the old nickname, I apologize, got to the end of the decade, they they had I think one draft where they didn't pick until like the sixth round. Oof. Wow! Like it, it was always the future is now. There wasn't a draft pick he wasn't afraid to trade for a player who could help them right in that moment. So eventually, George Allen had an unlimited budget and he exceeded it. I believe is what was uh, what was said by Washington owner Edward Bennett Williams. And so Washington moves on from him in 1978 and you think oh boy they're going to stink from now until the end of time because the roster is old they don't have draft picks to replenish it by 1982 they were the best team in football and they were in the Super Bowl Mm. so Washington didn't have to pay a price for the same kind of thing that the Rams are doing right now right right it's possible that may be how it works out for the Rams yeah absolutely They, they, they succeed for a while but then they don't they they don't have a, a a down period because they lack draft picks. Also, what's also tells you every almost everything that we see in football today happened at some point in the past. Also, Dylan, I got a question for you. You can't really hate buying your way to a Super Bowl. That's essentially what the Denver Broncos did. Now, the Broncos in Super Bowl 50 had some homegrown products on the team. Derek Wolf, Malik Jackson, Chris Harris Jr., but Look at all the people they bought. Now, it was it's a little different than what the Rams did. The Rams went out and obviously traded draft picks for Stafford, draft picks for Von Miller. But they did go out and sign Odell in a very unusual free agency right. situation. But look at what the Broncos did. Peyton Manning was not one of their guys. You, you had uh, Emmanuel Sanders, one guy they brought in in free agency. You have DeMarcus Ware. Now, they Sanders brought in. came in because a guy they drafted took a bigger contract. But still, they they, they, yeah. they bought him, but then you had to They, they bought Tlaib. him for cheaper than Eric Decker ended up getting from the Jets. But Aqib Tlaib, DeMarcus Ware, uh, Darian Stewart, TJ Ward. Stewart a, was a value. Stewart was a value guy. But still, you, you went out well, and you, like the you big bought money guys. those guys. Yeah. Okay, but, but there's still so many of them on the team. Yeah, I mean, I, I go with Peyton. I go with DeMarcus, Aqib Tlaib. Yep. Um... For one year, he had a pretty robust contract. Evan Mathis, remember him? Yep, of yeah. course. Yeah, at guard. So, uh, I don't really see the 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 logic there for not liking this team when I'm sure you like the Super Bowl 50 Broncos. But really appreciate that, yeah. Dylan. Next one from Melvin Broncos says, Hi, guys. Hope you're all refreshed after a ha- hectic work trip. Looking into my crystal ball, I like what I saw from Utah's Cam Rising, and I can see him being a future first-round pick. It's a long way off. Thoughts? Long way off. Very good season last year. I'm not ready to intrigue, but I'm not ready to, to say that I'm making future plans around him. Yeah, d- definitely not. Um, I he did have a really good season last year, very electric. But I'm just I'm so focused on this this season yeah. right now. But uh, I like that we're looking out into the future. Beyond the horizon, right? Yep, exactly. Next one coming in from Bronk Euler says, Not long ago I mentioned that I didn't want anything to do with Doug Marone on the staff, but looking at the way Hackett's offensive staff is coming together, that take hasn't aged too well. With all the relative inexperience, I think I may I think it may do Hackett some good to have someone who has been a head coach on the staff. I know it's out there that he wants to bring in a coach for his coaches to bring things up to speed on the teaching tools and technologies, but Marone and 
Munchak don't seem to fit that profile. Is having head coach experience in the room overvalued, or do we potentially have a troubling gap in experience on our coaching staff? Is John Embry enough? No. Even though he was a head coach in college and could cut and has and has plenty of years around the Shanahan's as an assistant coach. Man, too bad Ryan's not here because I'd want to ask him how things went with John Embry as the CU head coach. I mean, <laughs> because it did not go it well. It did not go well. One that, in eleven. That being said, it hasn't gone well for basically any CU head coach. Better than John Embry's tenure. Yeah, but that it, that was the low point that they hit. But again, what did you learn from that? Did John Embry learn what not to do? And ha- and po- now possesses the ability to tell Nathaniel Hackett, hey, I did this, we should do the opposite here. Mm-hmm. Um, I would still feel better if there's somebody on there who can at least say, well, you know, when, when this happened to me, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, that, and so... I don't know if that I don't know if that person's uh, that that person's coming in. Yeah, we. I, it does not seem like that that yeah. person's coming in. The Broncos have hired Butch Berry to be their offensive line coach, who's been an assistant offensive line coach before, but it's not going to be Doug Marone. And I'm not really bothered that they don't have uh, a former head coach on their staff right now because. Look, I thought it could have come in handy with Mike Munchak, but it was pretty clear Vic didn't want to hear anyone else's input about what to do as a head coach. And I wouldn't be—I think Nathaniel Hackett would be more open to hearing other opinions. But when you get to that point, you're pretty much doing it your way or the highway. But what I am concerned about is just the lack of an experience everywhere. You know, outside of Clint Kubiak, everyone they've hired has not had that position in their the level. Past. Everyone's level jumping exactly, and so, I would like to see yeah. not. Everyone level jump. Would would you consider Paul Hackett enough of somebody mm. that ha- that Nathaniel Hackett could lean on? Not a head coach in the pros, was a head coach in college at SC and Pitt. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Okay, um, I-, I see where you're coming from, but I don't think so. All right, I mean, I I think he might be in. I I think that an Embry Paul Hackett might be enough to give him that advice that he needs if those crises arise. And by the way, saying that, what I said about John Embry, I think he'd be a very good addition to this staff. Well, look, I mean, there people are going to re, kind of ha- rehash what they said about Mike Munchak for John Embry as tight ends, and I, I don't think that's necessarily what you want to do, but he is a good tight ends coach. Yeah, Wade, so it's- Wade Harmon was good at, is a good tight ends coach, too. Yeah, he's coached Tony Gonzalez, and of course, what he did with George Kittle. Obviously, he doesn't get all of the success and credit for George Kittle, but George Kittle, pretty darn good. And but it's also he wasn't even a first round pick. But it's also just being a part of the whole Shanahan McVay complex and that's what you see you see everyone having ties to this yes really quick before we get to our last comment i believe alec comes in and says can these guys go live more often during this time please yes very good news for you we're going live monday through friday on youtube from right at noon mountain time every single day last week was a little off because we were traveling and we wanted to make sure that we were still getting you pods we wanted to make sure that we were getting you timely pods so last week was a little different but we will be live monday through friday on youtube from at 12 o'clock so make sure to tune in every single day and last one coming in from peyton manning yt my boys what's good the people recently have been talking to outside of colorado don't seem to have the same outlook on the broncos not quarterback roster of course 
Excuse me. Of course, QB is the most important position, but I am just blinded by. But am I just blinded by fandom? Is the roster actually good? The way I see it, good to elite secondary, okay line inside linebacker, okay outside linebacker, above par defensive line, above par offensive line, good wide receivers and great running backs. Am I hallucinating? Pray with me that Peyton solves all of our problems in Peyton. We trust. Well, maybe fair and fair or not, there were no Bronco Pro Bowlers yesterday. That. For the is, first time in 41 years. That is crazy. And Mace, we talked about how crazy it was a couple of weeks ago. But deep down, I thought they were going to get one or two guys from alternates dropping out. They didn't have a single one. They didn't have a single one. And it turned out if the Chiefs had beaten the Bengals, <laughs> yeah. Justin Simmons and Garrett Bowles probably would have been were, were headed there. Yeah. So the Bengals winning meant that a 40-plus year streak evaporated. Yeah. I would say this. I don't think you're blinded, but I would also I would say your 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 best area I think is the secondary right now. Yep. I think your your edge rushers are below average at this moment. Your inside linebackers I think they're mid tier. Your D line is slightly above average because they can rush the passer. The O line is average. Tight ends probably a little bit above average. Wide receivers, it's a dependent position. There's talent, but they got to show it. Um, and running back is good. I would say there's not a position group right now that I would call great. Mm. The secondary is very good, but I don't think they. I don't think you have a unit that is great just yet. Secondary can get there if Sertan makes the leap, Simmons comes back, and they. Probably replace Kareem Jackson if Caden Stearns can can be that guy that he showed he could be in flashes. And I think, frankly, they need to bring back Bryce Callahan, even though you count on him missing several games. The uh, the secondary is not elite right now. Yeah. yeah, I think you have an elite cornerback and you have an elite safety, mm-hmm. but then you're losing a bunch of guys. You're losing Kareem Jackson, a starter. You're losing Bryce Callahan, mm-hmm. a starter. Uh, Ronald Darby, I think he he's 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 really good. He's a good number two. Yes. You wouldn't want him to be your CB1, but he's a good number two. So this secondary can become elite if if Caden Stearns steps up in a way that you hope he can, but right now I'm not looking at the secondary and right. saying elite. The rest of the defense is taking a step back from where they were at this time last year. Not only did you lose Vic Fangio, who was a huge reason why we viewed this defense as being a top three unit you're not going to hear me say that this year this defense uh shouldn't be a top three top three unit the expectations are drastically changing on balance without Vic Fangio Zach I think this is probably an average defense yeah yeah and I mean you're talking about maybe the ceiling is cracking the top 10 uh it depends on what they do in the draft and free agency but the defense is taking a step back on the offensive side of the ball you got to have a quarterback in order to get a pro bowler <laughs> yeah. at the wide receiver position. So it's hard for me to point at the wide receivers and say they're bad. It's also hard for me to point at the wide receivers and say they're good. Uh, you know, they're great, I should say. I think the wide receivers are a very are a very promising group right now. They're a good group. Tight ends, exact same thing. Offensive line, I think this offensive line is average. Yeah. Uh, and then running backs, I do agree. Running back, remember, you have to you have to remember Melvin Gordon is not under contract next right. year. So running back, I love Javante Williams. But we're that that's what we're talking about. I no. don't know. I don't think the Broncos were were that snubbed on Pro Bowlers this year. I think they should have had one or two, but this wasn't an eight Pro Bowl roster. Right. I didn't like Garrett Bowles, I thought probably was higher in the voting than he should have been. Yeah. 
The the one I I would I would and actually with all respect to Justin Simmons, I would have argued more for Pat Sertan yep. to be a Pro Bowler. Yep, me too, me too. But that is sort of a natural function of a popularity based process. I think that appearance will come with time. I agree. And one more shout out to our friends over at MSU Denver Online, where they put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. Our friends over at MSU Denver are the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. By the way, before we go, San Antonio Commanders. I'm wearing this because there's a Commanders in the NFL right now, but this is the OG of pro football Commanders right here. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it. they have a better logo than Washington came up with. Washington couldn't even get the years right similar. on their alternate logo for when they won titles. Wow. And sim- similar colors there. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. red-ish. San Antonio Commanders are red. I cannot believe you have a San Antonio Commanders sweatshirt. When the AAF went out of business, everything was on sale. So I got an Atlanta Legends t-shirt and hat, San Antonio Commanders uh, sweatshirt, and I have an Orlando Apollos uh, like vest. Wow. wow. You can represent pretty much Maybe every city Maybe I wear a Tampa now. Bay Vipers XFL hat. That's what we need. We need to, we need and, to see it, Mace. And uh, when the USFL kicks up in a couple of months... I'll have some gear. Tampa there, Bay Bandits, baby. There we go. Tampa Bay Bandits, Denver Broncos. You're going to find it all on the DNBR Broncos podcast. And we're going to be going live every single day at noon. Make sure to tune in tomorrow. I think we got a pretty juicy conversation coming. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Mace, welcome back. So happy to be talking ball with you now. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the DNBR Broncos podcast. I'll take you